This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Bishop Gerald Finke talks about imitating the apostles. What motivated the apostles to die for Jesus? What is the virtue most important in the spiritual life? Why were Peter and Paul such great leaders of the early church? Well, let's find out. Here's Bishop Gerald Finke being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Ken Billinger. Well, we're going to welcome in Bishop Jerry Vinke, born uh, the ninth of ten children of Henry and Fidelis Vinke, ordained to the priesthood June 12, 1999, at St. Mary's Cathedral in Lansing, Michigan in 2012. Uh, Jerry Vinke was named Monsignor by Pope Benedict XVI, and on August 22, 2018, the Feast of the Queenship of Mary, Monsignor Vinke was ordained the 12th Bishop of the Salina Diocese, so we welcome in Bishop Jerry Vinke, and, and of course... Um, we're going to talk a little bit about how to live life like the apostles. So we're excited. Sure, to and I'd be happy to talk about anything. You know, okay. if you want to talk about COVID nineteen, some some of the things that's happening, those things that are in the works. I'd be happy to talk yeah. about those well, things too. You, in your first couple of years as a bishop, you've had you've been you know you've had a couple <laughs> tough things to do. <laughs> well, so. it's funny that you say that because some bishops have said, Bishop Terry, you. You're one of the few bishops who's never had a honeymoon when yeah, you come in exactly. bishop. You're just uh, thrown into the fire right away. But exactly. at the same time, I, I love uh, love the diocese, love being in the diocese of Salina and just praying and, and trying my best, right? Yeah. Follow, trying to follow the Holy Spirit the best I Best Absolutely. I can. Well, we'll we'll kind of work through this and see where it goes, and if we have time, try to get to a few other things and yeah, talk about sure. uh, that as well. So we're we're talking about how to live like the apostles and the acts of the apostles, which we read is, right now. We were talking about that. It gives us a glimpse of how the apostles and the early Christians lived. So tell us what this way of living was probably like. I mean, we read it, but to take kind of put us in, yeah. in more in that time frame. Well, like you said, alluded to earlier, Ken, it's it, everything changed when they received the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, that's the that's the whole key, and I would say that's a, the number one thing is that they were open, they received the Holy Spirit, and they lived, you know, the Holy Spirit guiding them in all that they did, and and that's the big thing that happened. Like you mentioned earlier, Peter, who's afraid, and uh, and now he's bold, and he says, I can't. I have to obey God rather than men, right? And, and and he meets the beggars along the way as he's going to the temple and a beggar. And he says, I can't, not, not silver and gold, but what I can give you is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that and that cured him. So I, it, it's just living the Holy Spirit, just continuing the Holy Spirit. And I, and I just really want to, I'll say this already, uh, just to invite all our listeners to really uh, pray to the Holy Spirit, and because the Holy Spirit lives in us, right? And, and Father Renero Cantona Mesa, who's the papal preacher to the Pope of uh, the Popes, the last several popes, he said sometimes it, it seems like the Holy Spirit is locked up into our in our in our lives, in our hearts, in our inners. But let him out, let the Holy Spirit. I know for myself, I pray every day, Holy Spirit. I give you permission to do whatever you desire for the Diocese of Salina, and and that's what we want. We want 
a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all of us. Mm-hmm. And it changes everything. It really does. It really does. You know, I think about, there's a quote from St. Thomas Aquinas that I love where he said, God shows men from the simplest form of life fishermen yeah. so that what was done through them could not be attributed to human wisdom. That's right. And it's a great message because I think so many times we, you know, we, we're called to evangelize right. and we're sometimes afraid to, but it's not like we have to know everything. That's right. Um, these are just regular guys. So are, we're just regular people. That's right. But I think if we share the faith and, and, and we're able to just say, here's how God has impacted my life, that story becomes very impactful. It's, it's not going into theology and it's not opening the catechism. It's not That's doing right. any of that. It's just sharing with people how God's impacted their lives. That's right. That experience where they, they encountered the risen Lord, right? And, and to live that way. Yeah. And just to even be a witness. But you're right. Just tell their story about how, how Jesus is, is the center of, of, of our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's awesome. Ken, I really appreciate you. I mean, that's the whole key. That's everybody's mission. And I think everybody, a lot of people can forget that the mission of the church is to evangelize, right? It's to bring the good news to others. Sure. And we all know people. Um, even last night I went for a walk and I saw two people walking on their side of the road. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit lead me to go, uh, to, led me to go and just say hello to them and introduce myself. I'm the bishop. I just, you know, I just want to say hello and who knows what's going to happen with that right sure exactly we know the apostles lives ended and was none too glamorous Uh, you know i mean we um, i guess 11 of the 12 well of course there was judas but Mm -hmm. the others were all martyred with the exception of john who who died on the island of patmos so how do we and why should we imitate that you know i think the the thing is that they they weren't promised any rich income or long life or security or any of those things but a presence with them that was greater than anything in the world right i mean it was it was jesus a presence the holy spirit that was with them that was greater than anything they could ever deal with Uh, even all the trials all the persecutions all the, as uh, St. Paul says, I mean, I went through it all. I was scourged. I was you know, hungry. I was, uh, all those things that happened to him, he was whipped. And yet he knew that a presence, this presence, was greater than anything that could happen to them. And they knew they were going to live forever. And, that's, and that's, uh, that's really important, too, is the fact that they knew that that. They were going to live forever, and that, I, I think of some saints like that too. I remember, I remember hearing a, a priest give a, a, brief, a talk about Gianna Mola. Gianna Mola was the the woman who had the baby and knowing that she was risking her life. And and the question the priest asked at the at that moment was, what made her do that? Why would she do something like that unless she knew that she was going to live forever? And, uh, and that's the same thing with us too, right? Where uh, the apostles knew they were going to live forever. They knew that Jesus conquered uh, sin and death. And uh, they just, they lived like that. So Yeah, beautiful story. The apostles, especially after Jesus rose from the dead, 
had to have a great deal of faith. Obviously, I know. Obviously, they were they were hun- uh, hunkered down in the in the upper room and they were uh, locked in. But uh, you know, how can we work on increasing our faith? As and how can we encourage one another, particularly within our families, to increase in faith? What are some basic ideas there? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it comes really from from prayer, and I, I think really just to admit to the Lord, to even just start with the basics, right? Even just to have an honest conversation with the Lord. Lord, for example, if you feel like, ah, boy, I just don't have much faith or I don't know how to pray, you know what, that's a great way to start by just telling the Lord, Lord, I wish I had more faith. Please help me. And, and I, you know, prayer starts with humility, right? That we need to, to just say we need the Lord and especially when it comes to our faith when it comes to when it comes to prayer it just humbly admit Lord I need help uh, please please help me uh, guide me and uh, and that's that's the beginning point is just to, to, to have faith now during this time of COVID especially I've even heard of families who are actually praying the rosary every day together which is really beautiful something that they couldn't do before because of all the numerous activities going on. But it, it's things like that. I mean, the, the, the spending time with the family and, and just even, you know, short prayers uh, uh, together uh, is, is a beautiful way to start. Oh, that's a, it's interesting you say that. Bishop Gerald Vinke is our guest this morning, and we're talking about the how to live like the apostles, and they were prayerful people, of course. Having an active prayer life seems to be difficult for many people. And that's, you know, we, we get, and we hope again through all of this, is people have to slow down some, that, that that's starting to happen. But in addition, as intimate as couples are, couples have difficulty praying with one another. What are some ideas there, tricks of the trade, so to speak, to help people develop their prayer life? Not only just individually, but maybe with spouses and families. Yeah, sure, and and, and that's I, you're right. I mean, I think for a lot of couples, it is hard for them to pray together. And I I just share an example though. When when I was a young boy, I living at home. I remember it's probably nine o'clock at night, and I was in the living room, and uh, my parents' bedroom was just off to the side of the the living room there. And I remember them one night. This image of that. I, I never will. I, it's still. I can still picture them. They were on their knees, uh, uh, praying together before they went to bed. And it just that image is always. I can still see it. Mm. Uh, and that was forty years ago. Yeah. And uh, but at the same time, I think. I think just that. Because um, I know I've even talked. Uh, to couples who say, I want to pray, but my husband doesn't want to, and vice versa as well. So I think, I think it, it just is it, just to really in, invite uh, to pray and, and just pray from your heart. And maybe, and, and maybe you just say, an Our Father and, and, and Hail Mary together, you know, just to, just to start and mm-hmm. maybe build off that as well, right. where you just... Because I know it, it's like I'm not used to this, right? I'm, I get nervous mm-hmm. if I have to pray with another person and and so on. But it really does, it does help you fall in love with with the other, right? I mean, it's it's the same thing as a as a priest who lives with an associate, right? When it, it if you're not praying together, 
there's a little bit of a separation, right? But when you pray together, it's really a, a beautiful, you, you, unites, it gets you united yeah. to one another. And it's so much easier to forgive the other person as well. And that's one of my experiences just living with many other priests. When we pray together, you just, you just, you just have that, that peace. And it, it's like a, it, it bonds you together mm. in a beautiful way. I, which you say that a couple things come to mind. My mom, and I, I remember vividly my mom in prayer too, always on her knees by the bedside, yeah. praying a rosary morning and yeah. evening. I mean, that's one of yeah. the recollections I have of her. Who she was very. My dad was also spiritual, but especially my mom. Mm-hmm. But the other thing you mentioned, praying the priests that pray together. We, you know, I've been fortunate and blessed to be able to assist with some of the video masses on video, uh, serving uh, and. After Mass, each time I've seen our pastor, Father Tom Tank, and his, uh, our associate, Father Viet, uh, do do their morning prayer together, yes. or you know, you know, the liturgy, of the hours, whatever. Um, and um, it's just neat to see that. But yeah. that you said that it's very important that prayer time to bond together. Yeah, it, it is. It's such a a blessing that really does unite us with one another. Living a virtuous life is important to live like the apostles and be people living faith in action. However, virtues aren't something that are really talked about too often. What are some of the ways we can learn about the virtues and also begin putting those virtues into action? Yeah, sure. I, I think you're right. The apostles really lived a virtuous life, and it really was uniting themselves uh, to the Lord and to Jesus, really. What is a virtuous person? It's one who imitates Christ who gives his life totally for the sake of others. And I can't help but think, you know, we're talking about the Exodus Apostles, and there's that, there's that story, like in the fourth chapter, I think it is, where, where the apostles are sharing things in common, right? Because they want to help other people, they want to serve other people. And then there's this couple who, who uh, don't want to give completely of themselves, and it's really a, a beautiful lesson for us in many ways is that is that they they wanted to they kind of wanted to be selfish in a way and and just very much concerned mostly about themselves where the where the apostles really teach us about following Jesus who on the cross gave every ounce of his life for us and i and i think um and it's just really like mother teresa really said so just stretching our hearts to love more and more and more and it's it's not easy uh, but praying for that grace to just stretch our hearts in charity hope and faith i hope that makes a little sense yeah there. certainly certainly does and and that kind of leads into the next question we look at the apostles and how they cured the sick drove out demons and did a lot of these things, but still remained humble. You know, we look at the humility of Jesus. We look at the humility of John the Baptist. We look at the humility of Mary. And so these are things that are important that they were doing, but they remained humble. And so humility is something that that we all need to strive for. I know when I, uh, a couple months back, when I met with my spiritual director, who's a very gentle man, Mm -hmm. um, when he told me about learning to be humble it was kind of like 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it was one of those things that it's like yeah. because I was talking about struggles that I had, maybe driving and being in tr- patient in traffic. You know, <laughs> I said, maybe you just need to learn some humility. And I mm-hmm. had to think about that for a little bit. Um, why would he say that? And then it all began to make sense to me. And, of course, he's much smarter than I am. But um, So let's talk about the humility piece a little yeah, bit. Yeah, really, it's the, it's the foundation of, this, of the spiritual life. It really is because if we if we don't have humility, what did I say? Um, pride before the fall, right? The opposite of humility is really being prideful, and 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 if we're not humble, if we don't stay humble, uh, we will fall uh, because because that's the way that's the way it works. And I and I I'll give you an examples some examples I think too. And I I used to be a spiritual director at the seminary, right? And and sometimes. Uh, guys would take classes and they would complain, right? They'd complain about perhaps their professor. And I go, I go, be careful because one of these days you're going to teach and people are going to complain about you, right? I mean, it's just the way it goes. I mean, it's just the, the nature of, of it all. And, and I think the same thing with humility because we have to, if we're judgmental, of other people and the way they're doing it. If we think we're always better, in a sense, it always is going to come back mm-hmm. to us, right? I mean, it, the way we judge, I always, I always thought when Jesus said, how you judge, you will be judged. And I would thought that maybe that was at the end time, right? But it's really, it's really it happens even now in mm-hmm. our life. If we're, if we're very critical of someone and point out their faults, and, and because... We're not humble enough to see that we have our own weaknesses mm-hmm. that we need help. Well, sure enough, it's going to come back to us too. That people are going to be critical of us, and and, and so on. So, it's the humility is 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 got to be key, and you get, it, it takes prayer, it takes uh, faith. It, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. If we don't, if we don't think we need to pray, then then we're we, we need some humility, right? Because we need to we need to have God, right, in our life. And if we think we can live without God, then then we're very prideful. Absolutely. And, uh, and life is going to be really difficult. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. A great point. The apostles were patient people, especially with those who had abused and persecute them. That's a struggle for many of us. We lose patience. Um, you know, uh, here, I just talked about it, right? <clears throat> in, in driving in traffic. Um, and, and so, you know, I always pray the prayer, Lord, grant me the gift of patience, and I want mine right now. But I don't think it's, it's worked out too well so far. But, but, of course, let's talk about how we learn to be more patient. Well, I think of Peter, too, right? And, and Peter being patient with other people, too, because he knew it's amazing. I, I love how Peter and Paul, thanks be to God, God chose them out of all these people, right, to be the leaders of the church at the time, in the early church, two notorious sinners who messed up over and over and over again. And, and yet, because of their sinfulness, in a sense, and the fact that they've been forgiven, and uh, the fact that they experienced uh, God's mercy, I, thanks be to God, they were the ones to lead us <clears throat> in the church because they experienced sin and mercy. And I think because uh, we're we're all broken, we all mess up, 
the fact that I think that that's what leads to patience in a way is the mm-hmm. fact that look wh- whatever that person's doing, I've done it too, right? We've all we've all done it. Mm-hmm. If I'm annoying somebody on the road, and I'm not perfect at this either, Ken, <laughs> believe me, I, I'm just I'm working on it too. I mean, because I, but at the same time, that person that's driving me crazy, uh, I'm also driving the other people crazy too. Mm-hmm. So we're it, it it's just the the recognition of who I am and that we're we're really. Um, <laughs> called to, to follow the Lord in this Absolutely. way. Yeah. Let's talk about forgiveness a little bit. That uh, can be very difficult uh, for some people to conquer. When we've been wronged, we feel like you know justice needs to be done. A lot of times we learn, though, that when we carry that and not able to forgive, it's really not so much the person we won't forgive that it's affecting, it's really us. Uh, so share with us maybe um, how to become uh, a little more forgiving. Yeah, that's a great question, and it's such a needed topic, right, in our world today, especially to forgive other people who have hurt us. And I, and I, I, I must say that I just consider those people that forgive, especially in difficult situations when it's very hard to forgive, and but when they do forgive, I, I really consider them saints. I really do because it is difficult to forgive other people. I mean, if I was on the cross. I would have said, instead of saying, Father, forgive them, I would have said, Jesus, get even with these people, right? I mean, (laughs) spite them, you know, do something with them people, those people. And and I think, obviously, it takes prayer because we've all, we all get hurt uh, by other people at one time or another. And and to just ask for that grace uh, to forgive. And I know... And sometimes it is as simple as saying, as Jesus did, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. Because I I know a priest gave me that for uh, for penance one time, too. Just, just when that person hurt you, just say, Father, forgive them. But it's because Jesus forgave, right? I mean, that's the, the he forgave us. We, we are all, in a sense, uh, sinners who... As Jesus says, how you forgive, you will be forgiven. And, uh, and, and so just praying for that grace, Lord, help me, help me to forgive other people. In that gospel that you uh, referred to 70 times 7, I mean, the guy, the guy who's forgiven so much more, so much more, but then he can't forgive the person who, who really hurt him just a little. Mm. And, uh, and Jesus really says you know how you forgive you will be forgiven and it's it's hard that's why we need prayer and asking lord even even just to admit from your heart jesus i'm really having a hard time forgiving this person just to be honest and, and to be true to this really hurts me and to relate that to the lord hmm. and then just be, listen and, and and receive receive that love from him. So it's really, I, I think it's acknowledging what, what goes on in our hearts, right? If I'm really, if someone's really hurt me, acknowledge it, relate it to Jesus, and then take time to receive what he has to say to us. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio, whether you're listening via radio, internet, smartphone app, or Amazon Echo, please know we'll be right back with more about Imitating the Apostles with Bishop Gerald Vinke.
we're back on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture. Bishop Gerald Finke. Imitating the Apostles. Ken Billinger conducts the interview. So uh, again, Bishop, we're going to talk a little bit about imitating the apostles. Uh, we need to be people of charity. What can we do that we don't have to think about doing acts of charities, but it's become so much a part of it that it's an automatic reaction? I mean, I know people who are like that. It's just the minute there's a need, they're, yeah. they're right there. Yeah. But uh, what are some things we can do there? Well, I, I especially, again, want to thank everybody for uh, supporting Divine Mercy Radio and uh, through their charity is, and that's just one example. And I think the way I listened to uh, Fred, Father Fred, and you on the radio, and just what a great way to be charitable because how you're uh, impacting so many people through evangelization, but not only that, people who are who are lonely and at home. I know when my mom lived alone, uh, right now she's living in assisted living, but when after my dad died, her constant companion was radio, Catholic radio. And I would go home and the Catholic radio would be on all day and it was really a constant companion for her and, and a great, great source of blessing to, to her. And I think, I think that's be just being concerned about other people uh, and just, you know, what can I do? Even those small little ways like that, supporting mm -hmm. Catholic radio, you might not think it's that that big, but really, I mean, to, for my mom, it was it was a tremendous mm -hmm. blessing yeah. to her, and I think a lot of people here in Hayes and in Salina, uh, hopefully soon, will will be able to listen to them, especially the homebound mm -hmm. as yeah. as well. So, well, and that's what really opened my eyes. I had a call from one of our listeners, and, and I work Catholic radio in Kansas City, of course, but um, one of our listeners, because we have stations in Colorado, and this, mm -hmm. this lady called, and she said, you know, if there's issues, of course, she'll call. Very nice lady. Mm -hmm. But she said, this is my companion. This yeah. is, I'm not able to get out. This is what I listen to. Yeah. And it was then that it struck me that there are many, I mean, like her, that, that depend on Catholic radio to be that resource for them, that companion for them when they're not able to get to Mass, they're not able to do some of the things that we take for granted, you know, and, and especially, you know, I think we're realizing now during this the, the shelter in place that there are those things that, you know, these are they're, what we're going through in some ways, people are even more limited than that right. by being shut in or whatever. And so that we, they can hear the Mass on the radio. They can hear uh, different Catholic programming. Um, we talk about the fact that uh, Catholic radio helps to evangelize. You know, yes. um, uh, Pope St. John Paul talked about using the media to evangelize. Catholic radio is a great way to do that and bring that message. And the other piece is uh, that, you know, we're always learning so that, that we're able to catechize with Catholic radio as well. Yes. And I call it kind of like that rolling university on wheels when I'm in my yeah. car. I listen to Catholic radio and I'm hearing these things and learning because I think the faith is just so rich that we never stop learning. Right. You keep, it. yeah, keep learning. And I, when I was in Michigan, there's many people that I knew who uh, joined the faith because they they listened to Catholic radio, and and somehow you you never know, right? A truck driver or somebody you just never know where the Holy Spirit's gonna it's gonna do. Yeah, 
We have a, it's kind of a funny story to tell, but we have a, a good friend who's a priest in the, in the Archdiocese, Father Sean Tunick. Um, and Father Sean, when he was young, even before he went to seminary, at that time, you, it was not very common for Catholic radio to be around, but he could get it on shortwave. And he actually tells the story of going to Radio Shack at the time, getting this uh, shortwave radio, and then he had trouble still getting it, so he ended up buying this and uh, around the route inside <laughs> of his car was a little <laughs> antenna that he had, had created in order to get Catholic radio on shortwave. And so he's a big proponent of Catholic radio, always has been, and he's always on the air with us when we do our pledge drives there. But that desire, you know, I mean, he talks about the importance. He said, Catholic radio helped me and brought me yeah. uh, to the discernment for the priesthood. So right. there's a lot of things that, that Catholic radio certainly does. Yeah, it sure does. I'm so grateful for it. Like you said, it's such a, like John Paul, we need to use the media mm-hmm. for, and, 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 you know, it's fascinating too, is, is even discernment of spirits, right? Where, um, the discernment of spirits where, uh, St. Ignatius talks about how, he, you know, the Saint. I think a lot of people know the Saint Ignatius of Loyola story, where you know, he gets hit through war. He breaks his leg, or a cannonball hits his leg. So he doesn't have. He really. He wants to read these novels and and so on. These racy novels, in a sense. And yet, all they have is the the Bible and the lives of the saints. And he realized something that, you know, when he read read the Bible, when he read the lives of the saints, he realized that. You know, this really feeds my soul. And it's so true. Even when I listen to Catholic Radio, too, there's something about it that just is very calming, mm-hmm. very soothing for the soul. And it, it, it's the discernment of spirit. It gives you life. So Absolutely. And it, it kind of drowns out all the noise that we, we deal with in, in the world today, too. Yeah. So, absolutely. But uh, we, any, any final thoughts on imi- we, we're ta- We've been talking about imitating the apostles uh, before we wrap up there and maybe go into a few other things. Anything else? Uh, well, I think, you know, the, the apostles said, the, 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 the Acts of the Apostles says that they turned the world upside down, right? And that's what we really want to do because we, we belong to Jesus who's God, he's with us, he's alive, and just to really ask the Holy Spirit to continue to guide us, that we, all of us, may may really, as St. Catherine of Siena uh, said, the patron uh, whose feast day was yesterday, may, you know, if we're on fire, let's set the, fu- let's set the world on fire, right, with mm-hmm. the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, right, that's what we desire, uh, and that's what Jesus desires for us is to to be on fire for the Lord and to to love him and and to to really serve other people. Absolutely. Right now we've got Larry Reichert on the phone. Larry, you're on yeah. with Bishop Vinky. Welcome this morning. Yeah, hi uh Bishop Vinky. Uh, it's good to uh talk to you and good to have you come to Hayes and to visit with It's you. always great to be in Hayes, Larry. <laughs> yes, I've got a, a COVID-19 uh, question. Sure. Uh, I'm uh, obviously a, a committed Catholic who uh, uh, just cherishes the Eucharist, uh, and we understand it as the body, blood, soul, and divinity. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, I think that's correct, correct? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, it, it strikes me, then, that it's obviously 
one of the most precious things we could ever receive, and it's more precious than gold. Is uh, is that correct? And then if and and That's two correct. that it's so precious, it's I also understand it to be very powerful. Uh, uh, is would would that be correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to this pandemic, I understand that we were asked to be charitable by not receiving and not coming and closing our churches down and not receiving it daily as I was wont to do. Uh, we were told this was the charitable thing to do. We don't want our, our certainly our priests to become, uh, uh, to catch this virus. Uh, uh, so we were asked to be charitable, and, and, and uh, the President of the United States talked about, well, if we just uh, maintain this social distancing, we can uh, we can uh, uh, we can avoid overflooding our hospitals with patients and whatnot. And and uh, okay, I could understand that. We've got a very precious gift here, and and, and we we want it daily. Uh, but we'll we'll be charitable. Well, after couple of weeks went by, it was extended two more weeks, and then another couple of weeks, and it's like, okay, did, did we committed, you told us, President, that uh, all we had to do was not overwhelm the hospital, and by now you'd think after five months, this broke out in China in, in December, so the World Health Organization knows about it for that many months. Why wouldn't we be at a point where we could and have you have you met with the and just as an extra two have with the, did the U.S. bishops meet with the president and tell him how important this Eucharist was to we Catholics and then did you meet with the governor when this originally broke out and you you four bishops and tell her this is man is so much more than 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 life and death uh, we we believe the spirit and spiritual food so. That's my question. Have you met with the governor? Have, has the president, have the bishops met with the president and told him how important this precious gift to us is and why it's important that we we once again open our, our churches? Larry, thank you so much for your question. I really appreciate you and your faith, your deep faith. And I know Larry a little bit, and I, I thank him for his really pro-life uh, and his deep faith. I would say a couple of things to dig to, to, to your questions right away. Have I, we met with the president? No, uh, we weren't invited. I, I wasn't invited to speak with the president. Have we met with the governor? Uh, the other day, Tuesday, um, she invited a few religious leaders from around the state to visit, have a 30-minute conversation with her. I was not one of those that was invited. Archbishop Nauman was, and he did have, uh, so he was on the phone with her. Larry, I just want to just say this, is that we are working diligently and something should happen very soon uh, about opening up our churches and our diocese. So if you can be, just be patient a little bit longer, maybe even tomorrow, I might have something <laughs> in the e-news uh, to, to, to say about that too. So uh, we are a meeting with conference calls with the four bishops you know, we decided as a, as the four bishops to 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 close. It was our decision. It wasn't the governor's decision. I, I could believe that. It I, was it was our decision, <laughs> and we're not going by what the governor is going to tell us what to do. In a sense, we're I, I mean, we're going to in a sense listen to what she has to say. But and we were hoping at some point that the four dioceses in Kansas could open up 
masses all at the same time. I don't know if that's possible anymore mm -hmm. uh, just because of, like, for example, uh, Dodd City is really... They're different, right. Yeah. All, all the cities are different. All, everything's different, right, in Manhattan. I understand that. Yeah, so, but... Uh, hopefully, uh, very soon, uh, we're going to start getting some things. I got a one last meeting with the four bishop, three other bishops uh, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, and then uh, we'll go from there. So, uh, Thank you so much. I, uh, I know Father Brian and Ryan have had the uh, adoration, the Eucharist, out yeah. three days a week. And what a blessing uh, it allows. And, and I know there wasn't just the one adorer. There were two yeah. to three, four, five, and, and uh, uh, constantly talking to Jesus. And, and uh, so uh, yeah. good things are happening. So thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much, Larry, for your faith. Really appreciate you. God bless you. Thanks, Larry. Larry Reichert uh, this morning joining us. Um, and again, actually, Larry asked, that was one of my final questions here was, you know, what, what things are looking like as far as reopening mm -hmm. and thing, the public masses. So uh, Larry got to that uh, yeah. just in time, actually. Yeah, so. it, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, when, this, when we closed masses, there was this... Uh, I, a lot of talk what could happen what could happen and we really were concerned about you know protecting especially our grandparents mm -hmm. and, and and so on but obviously i think we're, we're kind of realizing now it's you know maybe it's not who knows what's going to happen but right. i think we're realizing that we can you know still try to keep the social distancing mm -hmm. but you know, but still attend mass. Absolutely. So, yeah, that will so, certainly be a blessing. Oh, it'll be a blessing. I think. Yeah. I, I think I, we can't wait. Really. Yeah, and you know, and when you, I guess that's uh, in in a sense we we sometimes um, we hope that many Catholics will also realize you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Exactly. And so helping to bring back those in the faith stronger. I do want to jump back to something you talked about that. That nun from Villanova, who was a cloistered nun, and, and uh, we got a we got a call from and a pledge from Margaret Brungart, who is the aunt of Bishop Brungart. Yeah. And, uh, actually, Margaret's daughter Beth is a cloistered nun as well. No so, kidding. Yeah, I wanted to mention that as well. So That's great beautiful. family, um, and so there's a, there's a lot of uh, beautiful young women in our diocese who I think are discerning to uh, religious life, which is really encouraging. Yeah, so. absolutely. Now you're you're coming up on, I guess, two years in August, in August right? Yep. So um, a big diocese. I mean, a it's, lot of yeah. lot of square mileage there. Um, yeah. How's how's everything been? I mean, obviously, by the calls we're getting, there's a lot of people you come to know very well. And yeah, in my first year, I was able to visit every parish, all 86 of them, which was a real treat. And I, I just. I, I love visiting our parishes. It's obviously one of my favorite things to do is just to, to be with the people and to really uh, pray with them and, and to encounter the Lord. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, I love the diocese. Absolutely love it. And it's obviously not without its challenges. Obviously, we wish we could use more priests, for sure. Uh, that's one of my goals. I don't know if you know this or not, but I just appointed two new vocation directors, uh, Father Andy Hammocky mm -hmm. and Father Joshua Worth. And Father Gail Hammerschmidt and Father Kevin Weber did tremendous work as vocation directors. But now we got a couple of young guys who are really a wonderful priest. Uh, Father Andy is right here from Hayes. Mm -hmm. Father Joshua's in Hellsworth, Ellsworth. Mm -hmm. he, uh, Hayes, Hayes person and... Uh, 
I think they're going to do a great job. In fact, I got a meeting with them later today uh, yeah. at 4.30. Yeah. Just to, the, so I'm excited. We, uh, I think we're going to have some good young men enter the seminary this fall, too, which is always encouraging, too. And we'll have uh, Deacon McCaffrey, uh, Brian McCaffrey, get her day next year, which will be great. That, that will be great. We had an opportunity to talk to him. And, you oh. know, even though it was a... Uh, fairly quiet you know ceremony for him ordination obviously but he, he said it was just there was that really didn't take away from the joy of the whole event yeah. and so uh, and it was, it's great that people were still able to see it on the stream as well mm-hmm. so yeah yeah we're kind of in that I know that I just I know in, in our diocese we got word that they are moving forward with the diaconate um, mm-hmm. transitional deacon and the priestly ordinations in may our ordination is scheduled for june 20th we're still kind of so you're going to be a deacon june 20th uh, god, god willing, willing god willing yeah congratulations yeah so and um yeah and you, i know you talked about you'll be meeting with um, bishop um, archbishop nauman and and man I, we're just so blessed to have him yeah. he's such a Tremendous. great bishop and Tremendous. i think kansas is blessed with four great bishops i think we're just really blessed here so try our so. best we pray and ask the holy spirit to guide us for yeah. sure so yeah, yeah. So, Congratulations on becoming a deacon. We, I reinstated the diaconate program here in our diocese, so I know that we're, we're going to get some men to become deacons who are really going to be wonderful deacons too. I've already met a few of those candidates. So, oh, great, yeah, great. Excited. So how many, how many candidates in this next cohort? Well, they're just in that aspirants oh, year, that first okay. year where they're just kind of. Okay, just I shouldn't saying, say candidates. How many aspirants are there? Then? There's just a, there, right now. There's a few of them that I've gotten word of, and gotcha. I know, okay. I know, gotcha. I know some of them. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, it's been it's been a tremendous. Um, five years uh, of formation it's just been amazing so really looking forward to that the support the prayers from people out here too has been mm-hmm. just tremendous so looking forward to don't know what it's going to look like yet but that's okay you know I yeah. mean, it may be a smaller celebration and then we do something later or uh, I don't know if it'll get it pushed back or not but my guess is that we'll have it and, and June is still a little ways off so yeah. maybe who knows where things will be there sure That'd be great. And I think that the uh, speaking of which, the governor, I think, is making an announcement today. So that will give us uh, some idea as well. But, um, again, just thank you for all you do. I know, uh, like I said, (laughs) you've been thrown into the fire in the last, you know, in 18 Mm -hmm. months that you've been uh, the bishop here. Just so many things going on. So just thank you for your witness, your, your humility, your I know how spiritual you are, prayerful you are, and we're just always glad to have you come on and, and share yeah, with us. Thanks so, so much. You yeah. want me to give a blessing for the yes, people? Yes, please do. Let's let's do that right now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you so much for all the blessings you bestow upon us. And today, especially, we thank you for Catholic Radio here in our diocese and uh, Dodge City. And we just... Ask for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon Divine Mercy Radio. Lord, fill them with your peace and your presence. Please continue to inspire others to help them uh, in this endeavor to be with them in, 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 in Catholic Radio to, so that we can evangelize and bring people uh, to, to, to you, Jesus. So, Lord, come, Holy Spirit, with your presence and uh, fill us with your life. Mary, uh, we love you. Please wrap your mantle of love around our diocese. 
and around Divine Mercy Radio. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bishop, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Divine Mercy Radio. Whether you're listening via radio, internet, smartphone app, or Amazon Echo, we appreciate you tuning in to this week's Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. If you would like to comment on today's show or have an idea for a future show, please go to dvmercy.com and click on the Double-Edged Sword icon. And folks, Divine Mercy Radio is needing to raise funds to expand the station in both Hayes and Salina. If you can help with this project, please go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 88.1 KVDM Hayes, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend, and soon 101.7 KJDM Salina and 105.7 KMDG Hayes. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. <laughs>